Fantasy Focus Football is presented by Geico. Switch to Geico and see all the ways you could save. It's Wednesday, August 9th. We're going to preview the AFC North today and talk about a very tricky situation that continues to brew in Indianapolis. I'm Field. He's Daniel. And in the middle of us is Mike. Daniel, before I even say hello to Mike, I just have to acknowledge what a snazzy, awesome shirt that is you're wearing right now. Oh, Field, thank you so much. I felt like, seeing as how Mike was going to be here, I wanted to dress up a little bit nicer because last time he dragged us through the mud about how we looked. Whoa, I complimented your Dan Flash's shirts. I don't think I wore any last time. Yeah, I I feel like you kind of forgot to compliment Daniel. I did. I don't remember what you wore because I was distracted by... My face. Uh, an amazing so feel Dan Flash is showing. Oh, it that's like what it was. stepped it up even more. That's the thing. Time. I mean, I think the other Let's day that was go. like 500 out the door. This one's what, 800 out the door? This has got to be 900. But 900 out the door? Wait, did, yeah. did, did my mic just cut out? Oh, I, I'd weird. asked for the producer to cut it out when you asked me how much this shirt costs because I don't want to like to reveal. I'm not a pocket watcher, you know? Like, I don't look at how much money you got in your bank account. I don't want you to look at how much I got in mine. But, um, yeah, so um, mine, you know. Again, bleep this, but 900. 900 Daniels, out the door. You using all your, your ESPN uh, money? Your no, I borrowed, for, I borrowed from Daniel, but Daniel, you yours. Food, though, yours. Sure mine was 275. Okay. 275. 275. Yeah, it was a little lower. Okay. A little lower. So, so Mike, mine, I'm mine was zero dollars. No, did they yeah. pay you to take <laughs> that shirt off the rack, Mike? Literally zero patterns on this shirt or my or jeans or not, really. Yeah, you showed up just looking as bland as possible today, Mike. You know, like, That's because I need uh, to eat. You know I'm, what this I'm is? Lifting, I'm working I out. I figure this out. No, no, I, you know, I don't. Eat. No, no, no. I can't buy shirts. Spare us all this stuff about you being a workout guy now. <laughs> you know, like, uh, so there's like trampoline parks, like bounce houses where yes. you go and yep. they give you a pair of socks that you have to mm-hmm. wear because mm-hmm. they have a bit of grip on them. Of course. I feel like the shirt that Mike is wearing right now, like you and your lovely wife must have, must have gone to like painting night one time. And they were like, hey, we don't want you to ruin your actual clothes. So we hand out a T-shirt to everybody who comes mm-hmm. through and you can take that T-shirt with you on the way out. Just be sure to throw it in the trash because <laughs> it's literally the ugliest T-shirt of all time. And instead, it's now a staple of your wardrobe. That's right. That's all I wear now is blank T-shirts. That's my brand now. Solid like, like, uh, like you have a brand. Yours is to really not to wear shirts like that. Yeah, it's That's true. That's pretty much your brand. You're that off is. brand here. This is my brand. Now. Okay. I just wear, wear blank T-shirts. No more so. Okay? I mean, it's, it's no, Mike, you know what? It pays me to even be mean to you for like more than two minutes. It's, it's really a totally hard. fine shirt. And yes, Mike, we're all aware that you've been working out. We can see your biceps right now. That's why we are a video podcast, not just an audio podcast anymore for moments like this. For everybody to acknowledge that Mike is basically ESPN's version of, I don't know, old school Schwarzenegger. Okay. I mean, now you're just exaggerating. So now you're making me feel like I need to work harder. So you know I what? You know what? You know what? Feeling. How about this? People can decide whether I'm exaggerating. By going to YouTube.com slash ESPN NFL hey, and well checking done. out the live stream. YouTube.com slash ESPN NFL. And now NFL. it's time to get to the content. <laughs> Pretty good right there. Come on, guys. Get to the chopper. <laughs> All right, Jenny, you're up here. We got some news. We got some news, Field. I'm trying to figure this whole thing out. All okay. right. We got some Jonathan Taylor news. He left training camp early yesterday, Field yep. Yates. We were talking about this. The ESPN article that I read about Jonathan Taylor potentially leaving training camp early for rehab said that the team was also aware that he would be rehabbing off-site. It was expected over the last several days. But is this something that we should feel like we need to read between the lines and be a little bit more nervous about? Or is this just like, hey, no big deal. The team and Jonathan Taylor are on the same page. Mm -hmm. Nothing to panic about here. All right. So you guys who have been listening daily know that I have been on the team patience slash no panic with Jonathan Taylor and Josh Jacobs until there was a material difference in things with either the Colts and the Raiders. 
And yesterday started to feel like a bit mm-hmm. of a shifting of the wind in Indianapolis. Yeah. So just for those that missed it and didn't read the article that Daniel is referencing, obviously Jonathan Taylor has been on the PUP list. Yep. There was the report he might land on the NFI list as well. But he has been rehabbing with the Colts and has been a member, has been like on the practice field, not participating, but he has been present, visible. Now he has left the team's facility to go rehab somewhere else. That's not the kind of thing that happens when you're getting closer to a return. Mm -hmm. That's also the kind of thing that precedes a delay in your return rather than a sign that you are about to be back in the building. Beyond that, we got news yesterday that old friend Kareem Hunt is visiting the Indianapolis Colts. Mm -hmm. Wait, I thought he was visiting the Saints and he was going to sign there. So he hasn't signed anywhere yet. He could still go to New Orleans, but now he's got a chance to go visit with the Colts. And if I'm Kareem Hunt... I sure like the situation a whole lot better in Indianapolis than I do in New Orleans if I want to play and play a lot. Beyond that is that, so so Kareem Hunt's coming to visit. Like, the team has been working out running backs. They recently signed King and Drake Mm -hmm. because they don't have Zach Moss for about a month and a half, it sounds like. Yesterday felt like a bit of of, of a change, like like a sea change for the Indianapolis Colts and Jonathan Taylor. And I want to make something clear and why I haven't made as dramatic of an adjustment in my ranks with Josh Jacobs as I have with Jonathan Taylor, who's now RB9 on my board, down from RB6. Josh Jacobs is set to make $10.1 million this season. Every game that he misses is a much larger paycheck gone by the wayside than Jonathan Taylor, who's making about 40% of what Kareem Hunt, excuse me, what Josh Jacobs Mm -hmm. is going to make. Not that I like to walk away from paychecks. I have to be able to afford these shirts somehow. But... (laughs) There's a difference when you're bypassing a paycheck of a $4.3 million salary as opposed to a $10.1 million salary. This thing is starting to feel like it is heading to just a nastier, nastier, and nastier place to the point that, especially if you're drafting right now, Jonathan Taylor is starting to feel more and more risky, Mike. Yeah, I'm with you. They now have the depth to go into week one if Kareem Hunt signs there. You think about Kareem Hunt and Kenyon Drake making that team. Uh, Drake played a lot last year, right? He He did, yeah. He sucked up a lot of carries. He was busy. Uh, Still a solid player in this league. Uh, even if Zach Moss doesn't play, you have Deion Jackson, who's a special teamer, and they drafted Evan Hull. That's that's four guys that could be active on game day aside of Jonathan Taylor. So they are clearly making an effort here to have options for early in the season if Taylor's not there. So I'm with you. I moved him down. I was optimistic about him as like a late first rounder. I'm down at RB9 as well, and he may drop further as this thing progresses. It just feels like yesterday started to get even weirder, and I know that it's been bizarre. I mean, how often is a, is, is an owner of an NFL team tweeting Maybe not directly about a player, but indirectly about a player in a contract situation. So I told you guys I was going to be patient. Yesterday felt like the day that I started to get a little bit worried. This feels like a masterclass in how not to handle a situation. On whose side, though? On the Jim Ursay side of things. I kind of feel like both sides have some responsibility here, but I will almost always side with the player. One of them put that, more yeah, gas on the fire. Right? Yeah, I think so too. So yes, um, it's a, um, it's, it's an ugly one right now. And it's a, it's never good when things get public, mm-hmm. regardless of the player involved. Yeah. It really stinks though, when it's a guy who's been so good for the Colts over the past two seasons. And by all accounts is an unbelievable human. Yeah. Like Jonathan Taylor is one of the most respected, if not the most respected player in that mm-hmm. locker room. And all of a sudden he's mired in this situation. Just, doesn't feel right here in Indianapolis. And I wonder if we see Jonathan Taylor anytime soon with the Indianapolis Colts. Here's a question real fast. If Kareem Hunt does officially sign, this isn't just writing on the wall that Jonathan Taylor is officially gone in Indianapolis, is it? Or do you think that that's kind of where we would be heading? 
I don't think it's writing on the wall that he's definitely gone, but it puts the Colts in a much better spot if they do find a trade partner for Jonathan Taylor. Someone to yeah, put with. it this way. The Saints were <clears throat> the Saints were going to bring, obviously, had Kareem Hunt there with the intention to sign. Yeah. We saw that report from Diana Rossini. Uh, and, you know, they were like, okay, we have, you know, Alvin Kamara suspended just for a few weeks. We know he'll be back. We have Kendry Miller. We have Jamal Williams. We have some options there, right? They were like, we'll just bring him in. It'll be an option for us early in the season. The Colts reportedly offered more, and that tells you something, right? That tells us this is not just a stopgap necessarily. This could be a guy they're going to give real money to to be a player in that backfield this season. So I'm with you. I, You know, once that report popped up and the interest was there, they signed Drake, they're bringing in Hunt. Now I'm really concerned about Taylor. The idea of Kareem Hunt signing with the Saints was not particularly logical to me because once Alvin Kamara is back, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you've got four guys you have an investment in, right? right. You've got, like, wasn't that the point of Jamal Williams yeah. to fill the was, gap when Alvin Kamara mm-hmm. got suspended and right. then Kendra Miller to also fill the gap? And and people saying, like, yeah, you know, this is a replacement for Eno Benjamin. Like, I forgot Eno Benjamin was on the roster. He wasn't going to make the team. Like, what, like, what, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, what's he going to play? Like a handful special of special team, team yeah. snaps? Like, Kareem Hunt is not one of those guys you sign to throw him out there on the punt coverage team for a few snaps a game, right? Yeah, like, he, yeah, he was going to yeah. play. When I heard he was going to visit the Colts, I'm thinking to myself, okay, for a guy that's waited a long time to sign anywhere, mm-hmm. his patience may well pay off because that one makes a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm with you. All right. We're going to move ahead. Fields, you said we're talking AFC North today? We are, yeah. All right. If you want to go back, check out the last two episodes that we have done. We have covered the AFC West yep. and the AFC East as well. A yep. lot of really good content in both of those today. AFC North. Yeah. We start with the Cleveland Browns. Last Oof. year, they were 7-10. and 10. Yeah. By the way, low-key stacked division. I just tweeted about this the other day. All four oh, teams are terrific. playoff contenders. All four teams are really good. Somebody has to finish last in the AFC East and the AFC North, and I think that team in both divisions is good. It's Yes. Because yeah. I think all yeah. eight of the teams are good. I'm yeah, the AFC, I mean, there's going to be it, – it'll probably come down to injuries in the AFC. Yeah. You know, which teams are beat up, but – uh, you know, like the Chargers are loaded, but they'll probably have 19 injuries in the playoffs. But you can't say that. What? You 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 can't say that stuff out loud about the Chargers specifically, yeah. Mike. You have a if you just curse the, the Chargers. I'm literally. I'm trying to reverse. I will be out for blood if something bad happens to a key Chargers player on offense. That's Ooh. right, because that never happens. Why, yeah. Mike? Yeah, I'm just Mike. What you just had happened? a like, you just know. jinxed it. I reverse jinxed it. Okay. We always, what I always do is say, okay, I know they're, they always have injuries, but the chargers are stacked. This is the year they stay healthy. Top 10 team, maybe a top five team. That and then it do. doesn't happen yeah. every time. So wow. I'm reverse jinxing it this time. Okay. okay. I like it. You know, what's good is like in my own mind, Mike has already jinxed it. Yeah. So if something bad happens. I already have the already person. Got it. Like I've already got the person I'm going to blame. <laughs> even if you reverse <laughs> jinx it right there, like in my it's mind, in I've got pocket. like, I have got my plan of action if something bad goes down. Look, my, my theme song for this show literally has mention of the Chargers in it. That's true. My Chargers that's a good point. Yeah, over that's the true. Years. But my point being, there's just so many good teams in this conference. There are, yeah. Teams like the Jets or Chargers, Dolphins could be great teams. Yep. Browns, did I say the Browns? Like, and missed the playoffs. Yeah. So, well, anyway. this year, much higher expectations for the Cleveland Browns oh, yeah. with Deshaun Watson under center for a full year of field last year. Deshaun Watson did not look good in his return to the field, Correct, played yeah. only six games from weeks 13 to 18 over that time frame. He was quarterback 17. Mm-hmm. Not great. Yeah. That's a big part of why right now I think he's going as QB nine based on ADP. If he had come back and looked like the top 10, easy top 10 quarterback that we saw in Houston, his ADP right now would be a heck of a lot higher, but Right now, with where you see Deshaun Watson going in the ninth round field, are you in on him 
at his current ADP as your potential starter. There's no doubt that he has the chance to be the best value amongst every quarterback on the board right now because he is going lower than some of the guys that I've already mentioned as great values. Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence. Yep. Watson's even that much more of a discount. You have to decide when you are deciding whether to take Deshaun Watson in fantasy about what is more representative. For four years, Deshaun Watson in points per game was quarterback one, quarterback four, quarterback two, and quarterback five. He was out of football in 2021 because of that bizarre situation with the Texans. He was suspended last year for 13 games or 11 games because of his actions off the field. And as you mentioned, Daniel, he was what quarterback 17 during that stretch, 21st in points per game during that stretch as well. So you have to decide what's more representative, a guy who for four seasons was absolutely incredible for fantasy football. And it's not like he was playing with like Calvin Johnson and Jerry Rice and Randy Moss in their prime with always fine, but nothing spectacular personnel. And who's 27 years old, typically not when quarterbacks start to hit the age wall and Mm -hmm. deteriorate physically, you have to decide which of those two things matters more. I tend to think that the four year sample size of Deshaun Watson being a megastar matters more, which is why when we talked about our quarterback tiers, I said, he's in like that two and a half, right? Like, could right easily be a top five player. Yeah. You got to bake uh, a little bit of risk into it because of what we saw last season, Mike. But I know you love him at cost right now. Yeah, I do. He's, like you said, he's going several rounds after those other quarterbacks like Lamar, Burrow, Fields, and Herbert. You can get him two rounds later, 12-teamers. He's going like the seventh round. You said the ninth in, yep. uh, in 10-teamers. Uh, I will say this. You know, he came back was clearly rusty there for a month. His performance was very poor. Did have two top eight finishes to finish the season. So we started to see a little bit of a sign of that. Also, uh, when he was in Houston, never finished lower than six in all the rushing categories, right? He adds value with his legs. He was fourth when he was active last yeah. year. So he still brings that carries, to the table. Right? Six games. Yeah. Right. He still brings that to the table as well, which is huge and adds to your floor and adds some appeal here because even if his passing, remember last time he saw him for a full season, he led the NFL in passing yards, right? So even if we get some drop off from that, the value adds with his legs uh, is big. Not to mention the supporting cast. Hopefully, will be better. Elite offensive line. A lot to like here for. Washington. Hold on. What I just looked at something, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to to hold on, Mike. That was all great. It's Mike. He's always <laughs> great listening. analysis. He wasn't even listening. Yeah, he was buying shirts. This is the, I was fifteen percent off right now. Uh, sale. Um, ADP data is funky right now because it's still very early. Mm-hmm. I just went to see where Deshaun Watson was going relative to other players to get a sense of like, all right. Who are you getting around Deshaun Watson overall? Yep. Justin Tucker is going before Deshaun Watson in fantasy drafts right now. Why are we doing that, Felix? What are we doing? Uh, what is that? Is that, is that like, <laughs> okay, I think that Justin might be Tucker, like four-team leagues, six-team uh, yes. leagues. We have He's some of them. We have a lot of I really ESPN. believe Justin Tucker is the most talented kicker in league history. I think just uh, Adam Vinatieri's the clutchest and most accomplished because of his big game kicks. But Justin Tucker... Unreal. Field, mm-hmm. what's going to blow your mind is if you went up to 64 on that list, you'd see the San Francisco 49ers <laughs> defense. Like, <laughs> all right. Does Justin Tucker have 97 siblings? And as a result of that, like 700 cousins, they're all drafted kids them. and they just drafted. You have like, I, Justin Tucker's a fascinating. Yes. He yes. might, he, is he the Philip Rivers of kickers? That's what it is. Come on, people. Yeah. Even if you don't like Deshaun Watson, don't draft a kicker in the eighth round. Don't yeah. do it. Don't do it. Or um, if you do, invite me to your leagues and yes, I'll win them. Let us play with you. By the way, uh, prior to, you know, Dan- Daniel Carlson repeated as the top scoring kicker last year. Prior to that, 
It had been, I think, six or seven years since a, a kicker led the position in fantasy points and was even top 10 the next season. Not repeated, top 10 so, so following uh, season. That's a We get it. Like, again, we have fun with the fact, hey, like, again, ADP all, data is far from complete right now. It's still only August 9th. Just a reminder that, like, name value matters so much in this sport still. Like, most of our audience is pretty dedicated and hardcore and is not going to be allured into drafting Patrick Mahomes early because they love Patrick Mahomes. They'll be a little bit more disciplined. But just remember that in this game that we play in, just because you're super invested in it, some people, I'm from Massachusetts. I played in leagues growing up. I'm telling you, Tom Brady went first overall in like half the leagues I played in for legitimately 18 years straight. Yep. You know why? Because he's Tom freaking Brady and they wanted to take him first. Yep. And that was their prerogative. So I'm laughing about this Justin Tucker thing, but don't forget that even kickers have some cachet, none more so than Justin Tucker. I think that's one of the coolest things about fantasy leagues is when you get into like just those personal leagues. Everyone oh, yeah. has that like local bias or the teams that they love. You still, you took Darren Sproles last year. Mike yeah, is in the NFL in like five years. I did. I, I got him on my squad. So, so I'm with you. That was big for me. That was so. big. I was surprised. Mike you drafts took him. NASCAR drivers. I, I do when I can. Wait, I you mean, just took Dale Jr. in the 14th round? Shout nice. out Dale Jr. He's the man. Yeah. And he loves fantasy. Hey, he speaking sure of the man, let's talk about Nick Chubb. Nick yeah. Chubb is yes. the man, right? Mike, I want to ask you this. 10 games last season. 10 games. He had at least 15 or more fantasy points. He is Mr. Consistency at the running back position. But I asked Field this earlier Mm -hmm. in the season. Do you think that the consistency of Nick Chubb's ground and pound game will now coexist and mesh with this new Deshaun Watson-led offense in Cleveland? Yeah, it's a a tricky one, right? Because he's never had a top five season because of his lack of pass catching. catching. Last year was actually a a big boost in targets for him, and that was 38. So that's not a big number. Also, something interesting. He struggled when Watson played last year. He was RB20 or worse in five of the final six games. That was the games that Watson appeared in. So... If they do open up the offense, they start throwing more. It's it, we have fewer twenty-five carry games from Nick Chubb. Correct. You know we're going to need more pass catching, so that bothers me a little bit. But at the same time, we just went through a list of like running backs we're worried about right now, right? As these other guys move down, like Taylor and Jacobs, Chubb and, up, you yes. know Chubb is moving up, and he's RB seven in my rankings right now. So, yeah, I mean there is value. Obviously, targets are worth more than carries, but still an elite offensive line. We expect this offense to be good. I know I do. So there's still appeal here for Chubb as a mid to back end RB one. But I think that's the point on Nick Chubb that I think is worth reiterating. Uh, we had our tiers episode, and ESPN repurposed my tiers on Instagram, and I think that they laid them out there, like I would say, rather simply without much nuance because it's Instagram and it's hard to right. get into the details very often. It seemed like many of the people and like the millions of followers that ESPN and ESPN NFL have interpreted it as like how I rank them as running backs, like in real life. Chubb in tier two, that's just disrespectful. (laughs) Think about how good Nick Chubb has been, as Mike just laid out. Here are his PPR finishes for the season in his five years in the NFL. 24th, 11th, 7th, 10th. Seventh, And we're talking about a guy who has, other than like Derrick Henry, probably as good of a chance to lead the NFL, NFL in rushing as, as rushes this upcoming season and every season because he's just that good. Because of the pass catching, there's just like a tiny notch, like a tiny lever that Nick Chubb can't pull to catapult him into the Austin Eckler and CMC territory. He's a wonderful player. He's one of the few running back contracts that has been executed and worth every single penny and might make it all the way to completion and no one complains about it. That being said, 
when you're debating whether you should be he should be in tier one or tier two, I think there is a fairly obvious line. Our buddy Kevin Pulsifer passes along this note that over the past 32 games, Nick Chubb has more than three catches once. Yeah. In 32 games, that's two full seasons. And that was a game, week 18, meaningless, where a lot of weird things take place. So Dude, give me those just less pass catching upside. Give me those finishes again over the last five seasons. 24th. Okay. 11th. 11. 7th. Okay. 10th. 10th. 7th. Okay. I'm going to come back to that later on in the episode. He's awesome. It's just that when mm-hmm. you're trying to decide between the guys who should be in tier one and tier two, yeah. you can use very representative sample sizes to your advantage. By the way, if you wanted some hope, though, that his pass catching could increase, no more Kareem Hunt. So it's yeah. po- and they supposedly very, they're going to level out very, this yeah. offense, right? Yeah. So there very could shallow be, back tra- uh, we back could see team. an extra 10, 15 targets, which yep. could be big. Look for yep. Derrick Henry last year. We saw it from him. Yep. It could happen. And Absolutely. by the way, his top backup, Jerome Ford, out right now with a hammy injury. I saw that. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's not exactly a stocked backfield for Cleveland. Nope. All right, let's talk about these pass catchers field. I'm going to lead off on Amari Cooper here. I like Amari Cooper a lot. 14 and a half fantasy points per game last year. Good enough for wide receiver 17. By the way, he did that mostly with a backup quarterback, obviously, with Jacoby Brissett under center. With Brissett as his quarterback, Amari Cooper saw eight and a half targets per game. But with Deshaun Watson, that number fell because we saw Watson wasn't as great. Only 6.3 targets per game. But here's the thing about Amari Cooper from last year that has me pumped. He had six games with 20 or more fantasy points. Five of them came with Jacoby Brissett under center. Mm. And if I think about next year, only four guys in the NFL had more. If I gave you the names of those guys, it's the four superstars at the top of the wide receiver list, by the way. Amari Cooper had six games, five games with 20 more fantasy points with a backup quarterback in Jacoby Brissett. And I can't imagine I'm the only one that is expecting Deshaun Watson to be a better quarterback on the field this year than what Jacoby Brissett was for the Browns last year. The Browns need him to be the top five guy that they went out and signed him to be. So Amari Cooper with a new and invigorated Deshaun Watson to put last year behind him after everything he did with a backup quarterback last year. I am all in on Amari Cooper as a top 20 wide receiver again this year. Yeah, he's finished top 20 in eight of his 10 seasons, has never finished better than 10. He's like the ultimate wide receiver too that we've seen in this league over the last decade. Um, But yeah, the touchdowns have been there. Seven plus in five of the last six seasons, despite uh, moving around to a couple teams, tons of end zone targets last year. He was second in that category. And to your point, you know, might maybe a more Deshaun balanced offense with gets Watson for the full season. Yep. So yeah. I'm with you. There's optimistic. I, I their optimism there. I've drafted him a lot this year. He's I just have, one of them guys that ends up atop my wide receiver rankings yeah. when I'm on the clock. He's a, he's and there are a lot of players that fit into this category. A little up and down in nature, which is why I have him a few slots lower than you guys do. Um, friend of the program, Stephen Che, our buddy over at Barstool. Him and I were texting this morning. He's big on, on Amari Cooper this morning. Hopefully I'm not giving away all of his good thoughts for this season. Uh, but he did note that Amari Cooper has changed scenery several times in his career, being drafted to the Raiders, being traded to the Cowboys, being traded to the, to the Browns. His second season has been way better than year one. Maybe he's a guy that takes some time to get acclimated. Perhaps it happens again this season. Um, he's not the only wide receiver, though, in that offense that is getting a lot of noise right now, Field, because... Elijah Moore is like is making some noise here in training. He too much noise. Too much noise for you, Mike. You don't like so. Look, okay. single digit ADP for this guy. This See, guy that was Elijah Moore, who was. So you're saying he, it's it's gone too far. It's gone too far. Okay, I mean, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll let you make um, your case first. Okay, so I did not realize it had gone that far, but I do love him this year. I do yeah. love Elijah Moore this year because uh, th- this was a case where him being traded by the Jets 
was not because Elijah Moore like was not a talented football player who had like no value to the Jets going forward. It was they made a move for Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers wanted to bring Randall Cobb with him and he also wanted to bring Alan Lazard with him. Mm-hmm. And they found that they needed some extra draft capital to acquire Aaron Rodgers. They traded Elijah Moore in a deal that probably doesn't get done under different circumstances, which just doesn't. And he was mm-hmm. obviously discontent with his role last year. He's a really good player, man. Super talented. Going to get a lot of volume here for the Browns. I have uh, concerns about touchdown upside here for Elijah Moore, as is the case with most every pint-sized slot receiver. But relative to other guys that are going in like the 40s amongst wide receivers, I think he's got the chance to be like one of the higher volume guys in that entire tier. He is going as wide receiver 50, excuse me, not wide receiver. Yes, wide receiver 57 right now. Yeah, that's kind of around where we have him ranked. So sometimes when I refer to where guys are going, I'm thinking like, across the industry 12 sure. teamers as well right yep. so it's just it's i think oh, it's important yeah, to touch on say, both of those things so right yeah um but yeah I, I think on our in our game going a little bit lower but across the industry going a little bit higher so yeah uh, i think my main concern is just he i mean the jets had a need a wide receiver and he fell way out of favor i mean he was he appeared in 16 games last year he had two games with double digit fantasy points disaster he had he yeah. was dead last in yards per route run last year yeah, wide receiver was, so I, yeah. I i i hear you i there's excitement there there's upside i'm fine with a late flyer i just feel like he's coming off the board and i'm like man it seems early for like a flyer like oh, a third year receiver hasn't really like I, I i i'm just not there yet i am chalking up last year and maybe this is unfair because you could probably apply this to a lot of players who have bad seasons I think last year was a throwaway year Fair for enough. Elijah Moore. He was good as a rookie. I mean, he had that he stretch where he was as outstanding. A rookie. So and you know, between the quarterback play, the the relationship with his offensive coordinator last year was, was not a great. disaster. So, yeah. yeah, I think this year, um, I think we get a much better version. I've heard outstanding things about right, Elijah Moore. All right. Uh, Deshaun Watson's going to be better than any one of those three Jets quarterbacks from last year, right? In um, theory, hopefully. I mean, Mike Mike White did slang that thing so for a you while. Stop it, Fields Yates. Uh, anything else that you want to take away from here? David and Joku, maybe like a low end tight end one high end tight end two yeah, if you want to target is, is what he yep. is right yep. I mean, yep. that's I, right yeah all right let's move on and talk about the cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Bengals. 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 are we doing like wind totals and stuff too Bengals. we, we will we will do that at the end, end. Okay. all right yep. i'm new around here okay so no, i wasn't here monday and Mike's tuesday hey, these pulse is right here look at this this is great uh kevin pulseworth the great what? kevin pulseworth literally 10 feet from us so jet lag how you doing you hanging in there buddy hanging in there he gives two thumbs up yeah sweet i love it all right uh it's gonna start last year they were 12 and four. Mm. They were unbelievable. 90 plus 96 point differential. They scored a ton of points field that starts at the quarterback position. Yeah. Latest update. Weeks, oh, sorry. That's all right. No, you a few weeks me. ago, Joe Burrow, just to refresh everybody in case they don't know, went down with a non-contact injury at practice was carted off the field. We listened to coach Zach Taylor. Tell us it is a strained calf. Burrow will be out several weeks. The time is going, the team is going to sign a backup quarterback to their roster field as a guy. That's just here to play fantasy. That gives me a little bit of those panic feelings right now. Has anything changed with Joe Burrow that we should be worried about from a fantasy perspective, or is this just continued to wait? Continued optimism. He'll be ready for week one. So okay. if you're an early drafter and you want to break a tie between Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow, this is a good way to do it. But if you're going to wait until late August, I think there's a chance that your patience will be rewarded and Burrow will either be back on the practice field or very close to being back on the practice field. Uh, there are things that are concerning to me right now in fantasy Joe Burrow's health is not one of them. Not one of them. Hmm, Good. Interesting. Yeah, hey. I just I, I want to monitor that just because I'm I'm worried about something we've seen with him already, which is coming off the ACL. Didn't run much, right? 118 yeah. yards and two touchdowns last year. He was fully healthy and he had 257 and five touchdowns yeah. on the ground and 75 carries. That was a big boost and kind of got him up into that sure. sort of elite echelon yeah. of quarterbacks. 
if if this calf thing thing lingers, the calf thing lingers a little bit, like Justin Herbert last year as well. Sure, but the ribs. Is yeah. this something where he just doesn't scramble as much or run as much, and does that knock him down? You know, a point I, per I game or two. I would be curious if we could go back and divvy up how many of those seventy-five rushes were designed versus mm-hmm. scrambles. But still, I mean, that's yeah, yeah, a big no. difference from no doubt, no doubt. Two years ago, um, last that's year. fair. Yeah. Uh, so I, and, and again, that's just breaking ties. To your point, like maybe you yeah. take Lamar over him, right? right? Or you just say. avoid Burrow. I've, at his I've got Lamar that's ahead it. of him, and you know, if, if you're concerned and you yeah. want Justin Fields ahead of him now, totally reasonable. You can make that statement. Yep. yep. Uh, possible that he has the best wide receiving duo in the NFL. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Mike? I think uh, I would. Uh, I would say yes, but it's. I think Tyreek and Waddle is. Very close. Same with it. Well, AJ Brown and Devonta Brown, Smith is also right, right there as well. Yeah. Um, yeah it's, I mean, those three. They're the big. Rondell the big Moore and Hollywood Brown. That's kind of close. Definitely. That Mac, is, yeah. Mac Collins and yeah. uh, where's where Atlanta? Oh, Drake oh, London. We yeah. like Drake London. Okay. Have you seen Mac Collins this offseason? I want Mac Collins he in a fantasy league. Of is mine. jacked. Holy, I was talking to Rothstein about him the other day. He yeah. just looks that's like. because he's playing offensive line there. Right? He's, he's, he's lining doing a little bit of everything. Flanker, but he's just blocking every play. So. Field, why is Jamar Chase in the you can draft him number one overall conversation this year? Well, if you look at the target share last year compared to where it was the year prior, it was much more steady and consistent. Now, obviously, he missed, what was it, four, uh, I think it was four weeks last year uh, because of that that hip injury. But we saw a much, much more consistent version of him when he was healthy and available on the field. And like, as you're looking at these various wide receivers that are in the conversation for number one overall, the common threads are unbelievable at football. Yep. And remember how great Justin Jefferson was as a rookie? Jamar Chase surpassed that receiving yardage when he was a rookie two seasons ago. Does he have a great quarterback? He absolutely has a great quarterback. And as Mike often reminds us, who was the pass heaviest offense in the NFL last season, Mike Clay? Uh, well, the, the Bengals were second. Okay, the second. Were okay. I mean, whatever. The Chiefs were first. The Bengals were second. <laughs> no Mike one cares about that. Why don't you lie, Mike? I what? set you up to lie. You just make me look good. You for always let just bring the truth. Technicalities. That's what I do here. Uh, but just a, so on that target volume, though, in 17 games as a rookie, 128 targets for Jamar Chase that skyrocketed to 134, but just 12 games. So if you look at that, it's over 10 per game last season after more like what, seven or eight as a rookie. So mm-hmm. uh, we saw that target volume go up. Touchdown production is always going to be there. 22 through two seasons. The guy's a star, Mike, and his quarterback's decent as well. Yeah, not much to add there. I'm with you, especially because as we've talked about, uh, there's I'm, I'm intrigued by some of these younger running backs. I think that there's more running back value in like rounds like three through six than we've seen in a while. Yeah. And part of that's because receivers are going so early. But you want to pounce on Ch- Jefferson, Chase, Cup, whatever you want to do at, at wide receiver over Eckler or McCaffrey, that's fine. I think you're still going to come away with a good team. Every few years we get a team that is just kind of the same week over week over week when it comes to our rankings and sometimes season over season over season. Feels like Cincinnati is kind of evolving into that team. You kind of know what you're going to get, Daniel, and that includes at Joe Mix a running back with Joe Mixon. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hold on, really quickly. I just want to talk about T. Higgins. Do you mind, real fast? That's you can do whatever you want. Yeah. I, I just wanted. Sure. To, I just wanted to ask you, Mike. I think there's a really fun stat about Joe Mixon when you look at the games. About T. Higgins. That, I'm sorry, because yeah, sorry. <laughs> now Phil got me all mixed up about T. Higgins. Uh, when you look at T. Higgins last year, and I think this is a you stat. That's why I wanted to bring it up. Okay. When you look at T. Higgins' full healthy games last year, mm-hmm. he was really good last season. You're the Oracle, a fan of, you know, like the guy from The Matrix. Okay. Higgins left Thanks. three games early due to injury last season. But if you look at his 13 healthy mm-hmm. games, he averaged 16.6 fantasy points per game. That would have been wide receiver 11 last year. Yeah. So when you understand how good this guy is, 
sometimes there is this mental emotional block as a fan being like, I can't take a team's wide receiver two as my number one wide receiver in fantasy. Can I do that with T Higgins over a, a true wide receiver one, like a DK Metcalf or a Chris Olave? Is it okay to take a number two wide receiver as my starting number one wide receiver in fantasy? I mean, I think last year was the evidence of that, right? Because last season, most of the top 15 receivers were teammates. Yeah. Right. It was like Tyreek and Waddle were there yeah. Brown and Smith, the guys we just talked about, uh, you know, Actually, I don't, I don't, I don't think Keegan snuck in there because of the games missed. But there was other others as well. I mean, he was wide receiver nineteen. It was like mo- it was like nine or what was it like eight of the top fifteen scoring receivers were teammates. So I'm not worried about that at all. I mean, it's all about volume. It's gonna, again, it's going to be a pass heavy offense. It's going to be a lot of volume. Higgins is a superstar. He's young. And by the way, you just mentioned how good he was in healthy games. I talked about this last week. He had like four end zone targets. He's six, four, like that's yes. going to go up. That yes. number will go up this year. I don't know if you guys know this, but they were the second pass heaviest offense in the NFL last what? year. No way. Oh, that's a good I just stat. Some research I confirmed. All right. Well, if they're that good as a passing offense, how good can Joe Mixon be? Field, you asked me this question over the last five seasons. Joe Mixon has been top 11, four times. I want to go back to this list. Yeah. Nick Chubb over the last five seasons. 24, 11, 7, 10, 7. Yeah. Over the last four seasons, Nick Chubb has also been top 11 four out of the last five seasons, yeah. right? This last year, Joe Mixon was RB6 in total points. One of the main ways that he got there was through the passing game. He saw career highs in catches and targets last year. Mm-hmm. He also had a career high in receiving yards. You love to be able to see that. And not only did all, he get all that passing game usage, but Samaj P. Ryan is no longer behind him, which you love to see as a fantasy manager. And he's getting all the goal line work in three straight healthy seasons. Mixon has seen at least 20 goal to go rushes being the goal line guy, being the three down back guy, being the guy that now is catching passes out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if he's going to get the goal line work, he's going to get the passing game work. If he's in an elite offense, if he has zero competition behind him, he has a history of finishing at the top 12 of the position. Yeah. Sign me up for Joe Mixon. He may not be as fun or exciting as those other guys, but I think you can grab him with his ADP as a really nice high end RB two for your fantasy team. I don't have much to counter on that one, Mike. Do you? No, that was a lot of stats. Yeah, Paul's noted well that uh, P- well P- I think probably the strongest argument against Joe Mixon, was, but all those points came in one game last year, right? Okay, well, 23% of his points did come in one game. That being said, if you remove that one game in which he went nuts, he was still RB12 in points per game. So, Stop. Like, still pretty solid. That's right? pretty yeah, good, like, man. So, the, yeah, the efficiency was poor, and his snaps plummeted after he came back from that injury, but they didn't address the position. Actions Chase Brown and speak Trey louder Mayne, like, than words, 100%. right? 100%. Yep. Now, if they sign, like... They, they, they're the next team to bring something? in. Yeah, yes. they, they're the next team to bring in Kareem Hunt or Leonard Fournette still out there. Then it's maybe a different conversation. But for now, by all accounts, Cincinnati's ready to roll with him for Will Mario. Yeah, it's uh, it's boring, but sometimes boring is good. That's right. It's just yeah. so, like in fantasy football, like um, there are certain players that the predictability might not include the upside, but there is a certain comfort in that predictability that can be very valuable to you. Oh, that's weird that he looked at my shirt when he said that. <laughs> that's like, funny. Boring is good sometimes. I'm going to say that there are the three most boring, and you guys tell me if you disagree, three most boring running backs in fantasy football. James Conner, James Conner, Joe, James Mixon, Connor, yeah. Joe Mixon, <laughs> and Nick Chubb. And Nick, Nick Chubb doesn't yeah. catch passes. Like, yeah. from a fantasy perspective, you can you can totally so. come at me and be like, yeah, is, it, is it not fun to watch a guy run for 100 yards and That's run over people? Thinking, yeah. But, yeah. like, in fantasy, it's just not quite the same. I think they're the three most boring running backs, and they're three of the most productive running backs that we've had in fantasy over the last five years. You might take that. 
All right. Field. Not, uh, we'll talk about a guy that I think might be boring as well. That's Najee Harris in just a moment. But Ooh. first, Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance, Mike? Yep, I would. I Buy yourself it. some nice t-shirts. That's right. Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, <laughs> Geico could help, like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV, even help with homeowners or renters coverage, plus add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today. See all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. All right. We're talking the Pittsburgh Steelers here Dude, last is year. Is this your first show? Did you not hear the roll? It's my bad. Yeah, it's okay. Sorry about that, guys. No one can hear you. Pittsburgh Steelers here. Nine and eight last season. Somehow, this team was still above 500 last year. Unbelievable. I, mean, I got to be honest. Mike Tomlin effect. Yeah, Mike Tomlin rules. Yeah. Like, this team wasn't that good. Either. It was not. They were nasty on defense, but they were a tough watch on offense. Mm-hmm. All right. Part of that tough watch field. I know we're going to talk about Kenny Pickett in a minute, but like part of that tough watch, I want to start because Najee seems to be the guy here as a rookie. He was running back seven in 2021. His volume was unreal. And then last year he dealt with a list Frank injury in early training camp. And it looks like it kind of impacted him throughout the rest of the season field. That's part of why we saw Jalen Warren so much. So my Ooh, question cool. to you is, Will Najee regain that rookie year magic or has he just fallen out of that RB1 territory and he's down to now a solid RB2 running back? So it's, it's, a, it's an interesting point you make about the list, Frank. Like, did that bother him or not? He was fifth in the NFL in carries. So, like, they certainly weren't curtailing his workload on their end. Like, it wasn't a play calling thing that led to uh, that. that, like, that did, the play calling did not suggest that that list Frank injury was significant enough that they were concerned about it. He did see a dip, like a, about a 20% dip in production. Yeah, and a lot, he, he yeah. made up a lot of ground as I was going to get to here in a minute, late in the season. Late in the season, as well. yes. Yeah. Um, and part of it was the emergence of Jalen Warren. So as I look mm-hmm. at players that are also in the top 10 for rushes uh, or rushing yards or whatever the category may be, like Najee Harris, I think, is a really solid player. A very good player. I think there are like several more dynamic backs who are getting comparable workloads, which is why Najee Harris is a little bit lower in my rankings relative to other. Like, I think if you were to obviously like Nick Chubb and Tony Pollard, those are guys who I think are more dynamic as rushers than than Najee Harris is. So the volume should be pretty good. I was concerned the passing game dropped off so significantly last year. I mean, he was first in the NFL and running back targets as a rookie. 94 to 54. 94 to 54. How about that? So that part is disconcerting for me. And I think he settles in, though, is like, I'm into your RB2. Yeah. Like, Uh, boring. I'm I'm with you. I think that that fits well. Um, On the optimistic side is that maybe it was because he was healthy, but he did finish really strong. He was top 17 in scoring in five straight games, finished the season, had a touchdown in six of his final eight games. He's now been top five in carries and has scored exactly 10 touchdowns in both of his seasons. I don't think people realize he scored 10 touchdowns Each of the last again years. last season, yep. even though it was uh, obviously a drop-off. Also, he's one of a very, actually, he's the only feature back in the NFL that has not missed a game over the last two seasons. Yeah. Devin Singletary is the next closest, and you know now he's, a, he's basically a backup in Houston. Also, this is big. You know, a lot of the criticism of the Harris pick two years ago was, you guys don't have an offensive line. Yeah. Remember that? <laughs> they have actually progressively improved that. They have. And it's, this is the best O-line they've had in years. So maybe yeah. that'll boost his efficiency because efficiency with him has been a problem. Is yeah. there any reason to be concerned that last year they took a, a running back they drafted in the first round 
And last year, they limited his touches by t- over 20% for an undrafted free agent, giving over 105 touches to Jalen Warren. I think part of it was that, like, it was kind of, oh, they maybe, like, overdid it as a rookie. Like, I don't and think just, like, even taking if he's a easy. super talented guy, he should be leading the league in touches every single year unless your name is Derrick Henry. So I think last year was more in line with what, like, the expected workload should be. I mean, it's still 320 touches last year. That's a lot. Like, that's still that's a, ton, a lot, right? That's yeah. nearly 20 a game, and 20 is kind of like a hot-button magic number for the Steelers. I just think, though, that, like, between improved but not dominant offensive line, reduced pass catching, and a mm-hmm. guy who is not a super dynamic runner. Let me pull this up while, we're, while I have the um, – how about this? Najee Harris – with 272 carries last year, how many runs of at least 20 yards do you think he had? Oh, uh, very three. few. I'm going to say le- under three. One. Oof. One. Players that had more 20-plus yard rushes, rushes than Najee Harris last year include Braxton Berrios. Jamison Williams. Paris Campbell. <laughs> Jalen Warren, who had three. Um, oh, no. I mentioned, uh, how about Malik Davis? He was a third-string running back last year. He was tied with Matt Ryan, who also had one last year. Like, Oh, my goodness. Najee is just not as dynamic as some of the backs that are just a little bit ahead of him. He's an awesome player. If that gets clipped off and sent into the X and I get roasted, <laughs> I want people to also include this part of it. He's an awesome player who gets a ton of really tough yards for this Pittsburgh Steelers offense. But when you're trying to figure out why a guy who has nearly 20 carries or 20 touches per game is at RB14 on our boards as opposed to, like, RB9 or 10, that's part of the reason. Yeah, yeah. nothing matters more than volume with running backs. That is I can't wait to get far. roasted, yeah. by the way. I can't yeah. wait. Well, I hope we actually cut that in a way that it's like... Like just it, it all it's just, like just like four just seconds. Bad. Yes. Right? Like, the ES, like when sometimes these videos make their way into the app and it's like, I can't wait for the headline to be like, Yates, Najee Harris trash. And that's yeah. it. Like, it's just a trash can. Yeah, it's not even like, the word trash. It's just a little a, emoji. Yeah, just, yeah, that's that's so all it says, yeah. Uh... All right, so we're talking about this, right? We're seeing a little bit less volume over the last two years for Najee Harris. Part of that, Mike Clay, I'm assuming, is because Jonathan they, Williams also had one rushing. Oh, my gosh. Oh my I'm just they, looking at these guys. I'm not C. sure. C.J. Moore, he plays defense. <laughs> C.J. Moore plays defense, and he had the same number as, oh, as Najee last that's year. Really not good. Great. That's so funny. Uh, if they're going to run, or excuse me, if they're getting less volume to Najee Harris, part of that is because they've got a kid that they drafted in Kenny mm-hmm. Pickett that they want to be able to continue to get involved and be a part of this offense. And Mike, is he somebody we saw last year, a young quarterback named Trevor Lawrence take a leap in his mm-hmm. second yeah. year? Is this the kind of thing that we could expect from Kenny Pickett or are not all second year quarterbacks the same like that? Yeah, it's, and it's not just Lawrence, right? This is an annual tradition. First year quarterback or uh, first round quarterbacks going into year two break out. Yep. It's like it happens all the time going back to Carson Wentz, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow. None of those guys were really good or good in fantasy as rookies. Like Mahomes didn't play much. These other guys just kind of struggled. They were kind of useless in fantasy. Uh, not the case for uh, not the case in year two, obviously. So Pickett was the only quarterback last year selected in the first round. By all accounts, he looks great in camp so mm-hmm. far. The supporting cast is better. The O-line's better. He has Deontay Johnson, year two of George Pickens. They bring in Allen Robinson, who's, you know, obviously a disappointment last year, but as a three, yep. he'll take that. Pat Fryermuth, obviously, as well. And you mentioned, by the way, how much they struggled um, offensively last year. They were actually kind of toward the middle in terms of like uh, like efficiency, right? Like EPA added. The problem was they could not finish in the red zone, right? Yeah. They 
Chris Boswell, if you had him in fantasy, a kicker, he had a bazillion attempts because they yeah. could not score touchdowns. I mean, Najee had 10 touchdowns. What do you mean they couldn't finish yeah, in the red zone? The, it could have been higher. Touchdowns. I mean, Pickett didn't. What did Pickett throw? Nine? Uh, it Something wasn't, like that, yeah. right? So they could not uh, score touchdowns through the air. And another thing, by the way, sixth in carries when he yeah. played last year. So he can add a little value with his legs as well. So, yeah. again, cheap, late-round flyer. We all have him QB 19. It's a late dart throw. If he makes the big leap into the QB1 conversation, you feel good. If not, you cut him loose. It's fine. You know what? I ended up doing a quarterback, actually a, a, an all-position rank update last night, which we're kind of always doing during the preseason, but sometimes you take a full sweep. Yep. And I shifted some stuff in the back end of quarterback ranks and just sort of said, like, I'm just going to throw darts on several guys. Be, like, I'd rather throw a dart on Kenny Pickett or Jordan Love or even, like, I, you name it, like any quarterback. You're like... CJ Stroud, I, I I have a, I don't have a ton of confidence yeah, to be a fantasy and, superstar, but I'm just saying there are, there are a few yeah. guys, right? That you're just sure, like, sure. maybe he has some upside versus like, is it possible that Matthew Stafford has like a top 12 fantasy season this year? It's possible. I also don't think I'm going to be competing with many people for Matthew Stafford Agreed. in my draft. Like, I, I think it's worth maybe finding some upside plays. And Kenny Pickett, I think is probably the one that's most intriguing to me. The reason why he can't get above quarterback 19 or amongst the reasons is good depth at quarterback this year. I thought that like the, the horizontalness to this offense is a little bit disconcerting, very low yards per attempt average for Kenny Pickett last season. And um, yeah, those are the two reasons. Yeah, seven, I, seven touchdowns last year, just seven seven touchdowns. So yeah. And sometimes it's range of outcomes, right? I think about that all the time. And you should always be thinking about that late in your drafts. I mean, think about this. Who's more likely to be top twelve scorer at quarterback? Kirk Cousins or Kenny or uh, Kirk Cousins or Kenny Pickett? Top Kirk, Cousins. Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. But, but who's what better? About top yeah. five. Um, yeah, the answer it is Kenny is, Pickett. It's definitely I Kenny Pickett because yeah, Cousins right. is not getting there. Right? right. Same thing with like if you're thinking Derek Carr, or Kenny Pickett, like same kind of thing. Right? Carr has never been top ten. Right? He's just not going to get that that high in the rankings. At least Pickett. There's at least a shred of hope yep. that he makes that leap and he runs the ball a lot and 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 can get up there. These other guys just don't have that ceiling. Part of that hope is the fact that his wide receivers can catch more touchdown passes this year, yeah. Mike. Bold that would prediction. go a long way. Hold bold on. prediction. Deontay Johnson will score more touchdowns Gets in the than end last zone. season. That was my bold prediction <laughs> for the year. They, we, we're aligned Our as usual. minds are melding here. Uh, Daniel, but you love Deontay Johnson this I year. I do love Deontay Johnson this year. Mike, we've talked about this in the offseason. NFL record. Made history last year. 85 catches. Zero touchdowns. Actually, eighty-six, I believe. Yes, I think it was the only wide receiver I mean, over eighty-five catches to not have a touchdown. There it is. I just, I don't want to short him. No, right? you're he got right. Eighty-six. You're right. Someone has eighty-five. Mike in his details. Today. He's letting yeah. the stats get in the way of a good story, is what yeah, Mike's doing is. right now. <laughs> uh, Deontay Johnson, though, top ten in routes and targets. Wide receiver thirteen in receptions. One of the things that's interesting, field. You talked about how the they did not take shots down the field. Deontay Johnson's average depth of target was deeper than it's ever been in his career. I'd it, be curious how deep it was. Though. It just didn't, it didn't really pay well, off put in it a this way. way. He, over the last three years among qualified receivers, a little over 50 qualified receivers, he's dead last in yards per target. Yeah. That's so it goes back to the big Ben era. Yeah. Like it just, it's totally. like the yardage uh, is not, does not align with the volume. Yeah. Him. That's why. So for a guy that's fifth over the past two years in terms of total targets, that's why it's hard to, you know, jack him up all the way to like wide receiver 12, exactly. even yeah. with expected touchdown regression. Right. Because if he has 105 catches this year, which is possible, it might be for like, Hundred and like eleven hundred and fifty yards has some Julian Edelman fantasy nature to him. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. he does. If he scored four touchdowns, four touchdowns, he would have been wide receiver twenty last year. 
Four is not very many. Yeah. If he just gets in the touchdown department at all, Mike Clay, yeah. he's a guy that's going to, I think, going to pay off, and especially because of the hope and excitement around Kenny Pickett in his second year. He's a guy that I like because of that second-year resurgence at the quarterback position. Yeah, it's interesting. He had eight touchdowns, actually 20 touchdowns over three seasons prior to last prior year. Prior right? to last year, but yeah. He had eight, two years ago, he had eight touchdowns. I projected him for four. And he scored zero. Now I have him actually at five because I think the offense is going to be better than it was last year. So it's just uh, an interesting one. But I, I expect him to be in that range. I think he scores four to six touchdowns. But he'll still be their number one receiver most likely. But uh, he has some, maybe some competition for that. Now. He certainly has some competition in Kenny P- or in George Pickens. I watched George. That's Pickens. confusing, isn't it? George Kenny Pickens Pickett and, Kenny and George Pickens. Pickens. Yeah, they're they're real close to each other. I watched George Pickens make this sick. One-handed catch during training camp last week. Talent. Oh yeah! Oh my gosh! Yeah, he might be like one of the best, like acrobatic type wide receivers at this position. Field is he a potential breakout candidate here in year two? He sure is. Mike loves him even more, so I will leave some meat on the bone here and okay. just talk about the the player and the talent here yeah, because please. he is supernatural with his abilities. Daniel, you referenced that play that we saw, I believe, against Joey Porter Jr. in training camp. Go check it out on the X if you haven't seen it. The yeah. catch is unreal. Yeah, but even better is like we saw it on several occasions in real games last year, yep. right? Like that yep. catch on was it was it. I don't. I think it was Sunday Night Football was broadcasting it, but I think it was Christmas Eve or Christmas Day against the Raiders, where he's like, or maybe it was even a preseason game. There were a lot of them. You're giving me a hard time about <laughs> details, and here he's like working his way through the schedule. Okay, was so, that December 24th or level set? We're, we're not live, right? We're training camp all the way to Christmas. Like somewhere in that range, he made one catch. Guys. The season does fly by. Oh, this is this is taped today, right? <laughs> yes. This oh is yeah. Tape. I was yeah, told today's show is taped. Okay, good. Okay, so all right, here we go. Three, two, one. Back to live. Um, Last year, George Pickens had lots of awesome catches in games. Ridiculous. So he's got exceptional body control, very good vertical threat, the guy who can be good after the catch. And this offseason, he called himself the best wide receiver in the NFL. Listen, he's not the best wide receiver in the NFL, but I respect his confidence, and I do think that it is rooted in the fact that in terms of pure ability, the 2022 draft class that he was in, like he might have been a top 15 player, uh, in terms of overall natural ability. There are some things that the Steelers have been able to corral that yeah. other teams weren't as confident they could. But, Mike, tell me more about the projections. Yeah, Thursday so, Night Football against the Browns. There it is. Bam, okay. So uh, I, I think the concern here is we need the targets and the usage and more high-percentage targets to align with his playing time. Because totally. he was yep. wide receiver 17 in routes last season. Mm-hmm. 17th, but he was 48th in targets. I think one of the biggest head-scratchers down the stretch last season was after they tra- uh, traded Chase Claypool, we were like, here we go. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. Pickens time. He never cleared six targets in a game the yeah. rest of the season. That was a surprise. But part of the reason is, and we didn't talk about this, Pittsburgh went really run heavy and down the stretch last season, like the last two months of the season as Pickett was getting acclimated. We don't know for sure if they're going to shy away from that. They, there's been our chatter that they're going to be a run heavy team this yeah. season. So yeah. that could happen. That would help Najee. It could hurt Pickett, who... I like his late flyer. Could hurt Johnson and Pickens as well. So that's something to consider. But yeah, he was a situational deep threat as a rookie. He needs more uh, well-rounded route tree this year, more targets. That's going to be the key. But again, he's not super expensive. A guy with that talent, I mean, he might have been a first-round talent last year. There was reasons he fell a little bit, but he has the raw talent to be a star. Love both of those pass catchers. And really quickly, before we move on to the Ravens, Pat Fryermuth can fall in as the end of my tight end one tier. If I want to leave a draft with a guy that I feel confident with, I think... He's he's basically the borderline of like that's where I want to end at. Another unlucky touchdown guy. He should yeah. Dub- yeah. double his touchdowns this year. Second best athlete in the history of the Brooks School, behind Chapin. Yeah, my my, oh, my wife who crushed it on the field hockey yes, field did. and lacrosse field and squash courts. All right, I hope our daughters get her jeans oh. in every way. 
oh, wouldn't that be great for them, Field? They could finally have some success in their life. You know? Now, I'll buy them cool shirts. Yes. That's <laughs> they just need buy. to get her mom's jeans. That's all I'm asking for. And then she'll be like, take them shirts off. Uh, no shirts. All right, Different let's talk shirt. about the Ravens. Let's get some dresses instead. Yeah. Ten and seven last year. Plus 35-point differential. Sleeping giant. This one is a really interesting one because this offense did not have Lamar Jackson for the back half of the season. Mm-hmm. Now, Field Jates, there is a new offensive coordinator in town, Todd Munkin. How much do I think that this Munkin offense is going to be able to mesh with all the things that Lamar Jackson can do on the field? All right, so everybody talks about how they're going to throw the football a whole lot more and be a lot more creative in how they throw the football mm-hmm. this year after things really got stagnant in Baltimore under Greg Roman. Even if that's the case, one thing that any coach who coaches Lamar Jackson will tell you is that you can't strip away his superpower. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about the greatest running quarterback in the history of the NFL has the most rushing yards by a quarterback in a single season. It won't be long until he is the all-time rushing leader amongst quarterbacks to ever play. Beyond that, even if there is a slight regression in the rushing, maybe it's 15% of his rushing attempts, maybe it's 20% of his rushing attempts, he should more than make up for that with his passing efficiency because as great as Lamar Jackson is as a runner, let's not forget he won the MVP in a year in which he led every player in passing touchdowns. Yep. He led the NFL in passing touchdowns back in 2018, his MVP season. So it's not like we haven't seen it. Like, I love Justin Fields. I think he's going to make a big leap as a passer this year. But there's still a projection involved with Justin Fields throwing the football more at the pro level than there is compared to Lamar Jackson with a way better supporting cast around him. Love him. As I said several times last week during our quarterback conversations, the value for quarterbacks is that second tier of QBs, quarterback four through quarterback eight. Love me, Lamar Jackson, this year. I'm with you. One of my favorite targets. And just think about that. Last year, he did not have a good supporting cast in terms of wide receivers, had a career low yards per attempt, and he was QB five in fantasy points per game when he went down with the injury. He's still a star fantasy quarterback. And by the way, uh, I don't know if this is going to mean a lot. It's a small sample, but uh, Todd Monken, you know, his one year, there was one year he called plays in Tampa Bay. They were extremely pass heavy. Now, I don't know if they're going to go that far. I mean, they could call an extremely pass heavy offense and he's still going to scramble a lot. Right. So it's going to bring down the receiver's volume a little bit. But at the same time, it's something to think about. Right. That's that is his history has been uh, a pass heavy uh a pass heavy play caller when he was actually just the offensive coordinator there as well. Uh, We know Tampa Bay super pass heavy during the Fitzpatrick and Winston and Arians era. I am pumped about Lamar Jackson this year. Me too. I am so excited to see what he's going to be able to do in this offense. Are his targets better? I I think they will be here. I want to do a game guys. Okay. I'm going to go one, two, three. You guys are going to say the name. Who do you think is the best fantasy Ravens wide receiver? Heading into this season, I want at, you to both value say it at the or same who's time. Gonna, who's going to who's going to score the most points? Let's say at value. Okay, at, at value. value. Oh, that changes things. Okay. Yeah. okay. All right. Do you want to think about it for a second? No, nope. go. Okay. All right. Here we go. One, two, three. Odell Beckham. Sammy Odell. Watkins. I was going <laughs> to. Uh, Odell Beckham. Typical Jr. feel yeah. here. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Nelson Aguilar's there now, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Devin Duarnay, and uh, they solve all those. Sammy guys. Anathie? I don't think Sammy. So you like you guys both like OBJ at value I rather do, than man. the cool, exciting, new, explosive rookie in Zay Flowers. Beckham's cheaper in drafts yeah, right now yeah. by a couple rounds. And, you know, I've talked about this before. Like, yes, Beckham may not be available for every game, but what do you, you're, we're going to do week one ranking zone, right? We're into that yes. point. We might rank Beckham like 50th on draft day, right? But 
Where are you going to rank him come week one when yeah. he's basically maybe going to lead that team in targets? Probably yeah. like 29th or yeah. something, I was right? Say, like a top 30 wide receiver. He's a week to week starter. You can get in the double digit rounds. He's worth it at that yeah. cost. He's just not expensive enough to, to be a deterrent. Yeah, I've talked about this on the show about how like you've got players that have 17 week value and then you have players who have like pockets of value. Yeah. That pocket for OBJ may be fullest at the beginning of the season when he's healthy, available, and like I would assume like on the same page as Lamar Jackson in this new offense, which is fine. You know, like you, not every player has to be Justin Jefferson for you. He's going to the 11th round right now. A player who has lots to prove, got a $15 million guarantee from this Ravens team and love me some Zay Flowers as well. He's a terrific prospect. The question will be utilization for Zay Flowers. Is he a slot receiver? Is he a vertical threat? There was there was two wide receivers. I thought that uh, at times, Quinton Johnston at a TCU is a big receiver who played small Zay Flowers was a small receiver who played big, kind of had some Steve Smith in him in that regard. Okay. Obviously, Steve Smith is an unbelievable, you know, Hall of Fame-ish player. He's not, he's not in the Hall of Fame yet, I got, but I, he got a case for it. But, I got yeah. a great story about Steve Smith. Oh, do you? Yeah. He came and did a car wash here a couple years ago. I love Steve long Smith. long time ago. And I remember he came in. This is before I was doing any of this on, for Focus. And he was with Matthew. And at the end of the interview, he was like, hey, man, you got to great beard and he had just started growing his beard out he's yeah. like how long until i can grow my beard out like that and i was like well you know it took me a couple months like six seven months and then you kind of let it go i saw him at the car wash again like eight months later uh-huh. a year later he came back through espn and his, his uh handler was with him and he was like yeah i saw him and i was like hey what's going on man you, you shaved your beard he's like yeah i was never gonna get to where you were at <laughs> and i was like hey man this makes me feel good if Steve he just Smith, deferred he was yeah. like i can't be the beard goat because the daniel's the he beard let goat. me have yeah. the champ the crown for that one which was like a really fun thing you were like me. steve i retired from playing football in high school because i knew i would never be as good at you at that that's so right. you return the favor with your beard growth that's exactly that's right. what it is um he's awesome he's great on tv as well mm-hmm. super entertaining and he cares about this stuff like he digs deep into the draft process steve smith is the man so here's a question i got you talked about the uh, ADP right now. I got Odell Beckham Jr. coming off the board in the 11th round. I yeah. got Zay Flowers coming off the board in the 14th round. Yeah, both good values there. I like and Flowers coming off later. Oh, yeah, that's in our, in our drafts. ESPN yeah, draft think, data. Yeah, yeah. Mike's not loyal, so he uses other sites' ADPs. Yeah, well, you got to keep an eye on it. You don't want to be surprised in a, at a live draft. Right? Hey, you yeah. know what? That's a great point. Not everybody plays on ESPN in spite they of the should, fact that they should, but in case you but don't. Do a live dra- I'm talking about if you're doing like a live draft at home, right? Flowers probably going ahead of Beckham. This entire point, though, is is Rashad Bateman is easily the odd man left out, it seems like, from the community. Unfortunately. Got to get healthy, right? Yeah. Not on the field right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, one of these guys is going to have a great season. You know what? Because I'm confident in this passing offense. Mark I just, Andrews. Yeah, Mark yeah, Andrews is going to have a great season. Easy call. Yeah, yeah. I feel good about Mark Andrews. Like, even though there are way more targets around this year for Lamar Jackson, I think Lamar, I think uh, Mark Andrews will be, if I could pick any pass catcher from the Ravens, I'm going out on a limb and saying yeah. I'm taking Mark Andrews because as bad as last year felt, the guy is still an unbelievable talent. As excited as I am about OBJ and Zay Flowers and Rashad Bateman being a first-round pick, their best pass catcher is Mark Andrews. Absolutely. He's a stud. He is. Yeah. The- last year was kind of worst-case scenario, and he was like, what, tight end four? Yeah, and he was substantially better with Lamar Jackson on the field. His numbers yeah. play. He had that like one yeah. big game with Huntley. Otherwise, uh, you know, his numbers were very and- poor. Defense has basically said last year, 89. If we can slow that guy down in the passing game, we've got a chance, right? Uh This year it's, oh, crap. They've got Zay Flowers and maybe Rashad Bateman and OBJ. Like, it just says, Siri, 
Oh my God! Siri's wow. answering your Siri questions, apparently. Yeah. Siri some couldn't quite interpret on, uh, it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So, anyways, this year just a different landscape, right? It's just a lot harder to slow the Ravens down because they actually have a bunch of personnel. Uh-huh. Can we wrap it up with J.K. Dobbins? Yeah, this is a really tough one. J.K. Dobbins has missed more games in his NFL career than he has played in yeah. his NFL career. I am out on J.K. Dobbins mm-hmm. this year in fantasy. Where are you at, Mike? You have to be super efficient rusher, uh, a non-factor in the passing game, and now this this hold what, what do we call it right now con- yeah talk about you know you've said before with jonathan taylor like a little blame on the the player maybe a little on the team like this one i mean pretty Feels like uh, the heavily player. on the player here right yeah. i mean he hasn't really done much at this level yet and, and he wants a massive contract yeah i don't really understand it um and and again you know again i have him rb 30 if you you know draft elsewhere he's going in like the fifth round of 12 yeah. teamers it's way too, too early too he's, he's a guy that already he could play the whole season and underwhelm because of his lack of passing game work so i'm with you and they signed melvin gordon they brought yeah. him in he has some incentives in there to make what upwards of five million this year i think it's 3.1 3.1 fair enough that's a legitimate that's money yeah. yes gus edwards is there justice hill is there they they're talking up keen, keen mitchell they're yep. talking him up uh the undrafted rookie so there's other faces here, other guys that could play. I he I, he's plummeted down my rankings. So yeah. I'm not interested. So we talked about Isaiah Pacheco yesterday, Mike, yeah. and it's like both of these guys could lead their team in carries and what should be awesome offenses. But if Isaiah Pacheco last year had 13 catches, and that even if that number doubles, like right, like it just puts a ceiling on these players. And I think that in the case of Pacheco, obviously Jarek McKinnon is going to be the best pass catching running back for the Chiefs, and with J.K. Dobbins. And the Ravens, something I discussed recently as well, running quarterbacks often replace running back targets with their own rushes. Yes, correct. Lamar is just, even if they do throw the ball a whole lot more, some of those dump it off in the flat to a running back are just going to be replaced by, oh, let's run quarterback power because we have Lamar freaking Jackson. So I just don't think the passing upside is there for J.K. Dobbins to explode and have like a top 12 season, even if he plays all 17 games. Yep. J.K. Dobbins has had two games in his career with 20-plus fantasy points. How many times has J.K. Dobbins in his three seasons had 20 or more touches in a game? Uh, 20 or more touches in a game? Once? Never. J.K. Dobbins has never reached 20 touches in a game. He doesn't catch passes. His quarterback is an elite runner that's going to absolutely lead this team. I just, all those things. It's not about J.K. Dobbins, the player. It's about the situation that just has me out on Dobbins, Mm -hmm. I think, in fantasy this year. All right. So let's go back and look at these. AFC North, the Browns. We're seven and ten last year. Their win projection right now is nine. Mike, are you taking the over or under on nine wins? Over. I think they have a top five roster in the NFL. Are they Honestly, making the playoffs? Um, no. Over nine wins, not making the playoffs. I, I have them at nine point eight. I think again, that sounds insane to say they have a top five roster. That's how good the AFC is. Yeah, the like AFC's ten awesome. of the top twelve teams in the league are in the AFC. It's going to make it so hard for these teams. Field over or under? Over, but missing the playoffs. Over, but missing the playoffs. Wow. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go in this division. I'm going to go under and missing the playoffs as well. Bengals were 12 and four last year. Their win total projection is 11 and a half field over or under 11 and a half over win the division. I say win the division. I'm at 11 two, so a little under, but I wouldn't bet it. I would stay away from that one. You would stay away from it. All right. Yeah, I'm just gonna, the AFC so good. I'm going to go over as well and winning the division. I think this team is the best team in the division. Mm-hmm. Steelers, 
Nine and eight last year. Win projection. Nine again. Mike Clay over under on Mike Tomlin. Again having another 500 he, or better he season. Yeah, he doesn't have losing records. Over. Over. I'm 9.6. I I've think they missed the playoffs. Under, and they missed the playoffs. What? And the, the streak comes to an end. Wow. It's like the Undertaker streak at WrestleMania. Holy cow. All right. It'll eventually come to an end. All right. I'm going to say over because I don't think it's coming to an end now, but not making the playoffs as well. And then the Ravens. Ten and seven last year. Yep. Field Yates. Win projection. Nine and a half. Over. Make the playoffs. Top wildcard team in the AFC. I agree. I don't know if I have them top wildcard, but uh, certainly a wildcard over. I'm at 10.3, so over. Over making the playoffs field. How many playoff rosters? I have spots now have filled left? out my seven playoff spots pending the AFC South Division winner, but I have all my wildcard picks in. Jets, Dolphins, Ravens. There we go. There we go. Chargers, Dolphins, and uh, Ravens. Who else am I missing? And Ravens, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. it. They're my yep. wild cards. Yeah. All right, we're gonna come back tomorrow. Who are we doing tomorrow? We're we gonna do the AFC, AFC South because we have so AFC South. South. Yeah. yeah, so we have fun. the AFC South tomorrow. We are also going to Maybe. announce the draft order for the fantasy football marathon. <gasps> that draft is Tuesday, which is the second night of the fantasy football marathon. Mike Clay is coming back tomorrow as well, yes. uh, perhaps in a tuxedo because he wants to keep us on our toes. Okay. For Daniel and Mike, I am Field. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. ESPN.com. I mean YouTube.com slash ESPN NFL. Don't type ESPN.com um YouTube.com slash ESPNFL. Just type YouTube.com slash ESPN. This was a good good outro. Yeah. This was yeah. nailed it. Yes. Nailed it. Nailed it. But again, we're not live, so I can redo this later. That's yeah, true. that's yeah. true. Oh, I can't wait to see what shirt you wear tomorrow, Mike. Yeah, I was gonna actually wear my Roy Kin shirt today, but the neck was all stretched out, so I, I made oh, a last, you're too a last jacked. minute pivot. That's you're too what jacked. it was. <laughs> I had to pivot. So missed opportunity. Team 4.